Hello, everyone. In this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast, I'm going to be discussing how I built my home gym from non-existence to what it is today and what I've learned while putting together my home gym, uh, DIY equipment that I may or may not have built, and a lot more all about home gyms. Uh, With a lot of people quarantined right now, I know home gyms are kind of a trending topic, so I figured I would offer my guidance and experience in putting together my own home gym to help all of you. So we're going to start by talking about my own home gym, so what I learned from it and why I built a home gym. Then we're going to talk about how you can go about building your home gym. We're then going to dive into DIY equipment. Uh, stuff you can build uh, potentially at your house and use for training as opposed to buying you know brand new equipment from your local sporting goods store or exercise and fitness store and then we're going to talk about how to get creative with your home gym and make it have sort of a personality that matches you and your training style and all of that. So, without further ado, let's dive in. So, I built my home gym when I started working out. Um, I was about 15 years old when I started working out, and I immediately started putting stuff together for a home gym. So, I started pretty basic with a doorway pull-up bar and some resistance bands, and then over time added from there. But... I was from, or I am from, a very rural area, so the nearest gym is probably about a 25-30 minute drive for me, Um, so I just kind of did the math, so it's about $35 a month for a gym membership, and I would have to drive there and back every day, so 30 minute drive, um, my car usually gets about 30 miles to the gallon, so we'll say we use a gallon of gas to get there, a gallon of gas back. So probably about, if I went five times a week to the gym, probably about 25 bucks per day and get, or per week in gas, plus um, the 35 bucks a month for a, me- a gym membership. So that'd be about 135 bucks a month with gas just to get to the gym and back. And, you know, I was losing, I would be losing an hour in the car and just wasn't a great situation. Um, And I've had the home gym set up for seven years now. So if you do the $35 a month times seven years, uh, that comes out to about three grand. Again, that doesn't account for gas money or the time I saved by not having to drive to the gym, Um, but for much less than $3,000, you can put together a really nice gym at home, and that's with you for as long as the equipment is good for. Um, So if you have a barbell and it doesn't, like, barbells don't really break down, um, if you lift too much, it'll snap in half. But I mean, if you get one rated to a thousand pounds, most of us aren't going to break a barbell uh, in half if it's over a thousand pounds rated. Um, 
So yeah, keep that in mind. But basically, I've loved having instant gym access whenever I want to. Um, I've lifted at 4 a.m. I've lifted at 11 p.m. You know, whenever I want to work out, I can. And I really like that. There's also the fact that I don't have to compete with anyone for, you know, equipment or machines. Like, it's your workout. You can kind of push yourself as much as you want. You don't have to wait for anyone else. It's all you. Um, And I also like to take stuff outside on occasion. So if the weather's nice out, I can literally just move my barbell and some weight plates outside. Or I could take my dumbbells outside. Um, If I'm really feeling ambitious and it's a real good day, then the whole power rack I have can go outside even. Um, So it's nice to have that option to move things around and do stuff anywhere. Um, And finally, you don't really need to concern yourself with what you're wearing because there's no one else around. So I usually wake up and go right over here and get my workout out of the way bright and early. And I'm not overly concerned about the fact that I'm going to be, you know, sweaty, uh, you know, not really clean combed hair or anything like that because I know no one's around. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much everything I have to say on why I got started. Um, We also had the space, which kind of made it easier as well. But in my home gym right now, I have a power rack with um, about 600 pounds of Olympic weight plates. Um, Most of them are the grip plates. And I have a few different barbells and easy curl bar, um, the adjustable dumbbells for Olympic weight plates, stuff like that. Um, I've got a suspension trainer on my power rack. I've got two cable columns with adjustable height um, cables. I've got battle ropes, uh, landmine attachment on the power rack with a uh, barbell wedged in that. Um, I've got a heavy bag and a speed bag. Um, Not too big on them, usually just a couple times a week just to mix it up a little bit, a little fun. Um, and then adjustable dumbbells, kettlebells, um, step-up box, calf race, block, um, that sort of thing. And then, you know, stability ball, Swiss ball, um, BOSU ball, um, foam rollers, stuff like that. Um, but that's pretty much everything I need. Um, I don't have bumper plates, and I'm not real big on... Olympic lifting anyways, so that's a good thing. Um, I would use bumper plates if I was into the Olympic lifts, like the clean, the snatch, all those sort of things. Um, Speaking of which, for flooring, I have about six or seven um, rubber horse stall mats down over the garage floor, which is concrete. So I didn't want to be breaking the concrete there when I drop weights. Um, So really, when you're looking at your home gym, things that you're going to want to consider are how big is your space. Um, So not just length and width, but also factor in height. 
So if you have a eight foot ceiling, like a lot of homes or um, people do, then you're probably not going to want to get a power rack that is seven and a half feet tall because when you use the pull-up bar, you're probably going to bang your head off the fl- the uh, ceiling. So I would look for a shorter option in that case. So really take into account your dimensions before you start buying stuff. Um, and we already looked up at the ceiling, so now look down at the floor. Um, do you have a concrete floor? Is it carpeted? Is it wooden? What are you working with? And uh, do you want to protect that? If so, again, putting down some kind of rubber mat is a great first step. Um, check your budget as well. Um, before you go out and drop like three, $4,000 on a home gym, um, I did not do that, by the way, and I don't advise dropping that much money on a home gym setup all at once. But just think about how much you have to spend or how much you're willing to invest towards this project. Um, Because in my eyes, it really is an investment. You're purchasing equipment that you're going to use for years and years and years to better your own health and fitness. And that's a great investment in yourself. But again, if you're not willing to put in $1,000, for example, or you're not willing to put $30 a month into your own home gym, um, your own equipment, that sort of thing, then don't do it. Um, you know, maybe you can only afford, you know, $100 at this time. And, you know, maybe you can only afford to do $100 a year. That's perfectly fine that's okay. You can still put together a very functional home gym setup on $100. You know, it doesn't have to be the pristine, brand new, you know, shiny equipment where you have like every home gym machine under the sun here. You just need what's going to work for you, Um, which takes me into my next point. Consider what you're going to be doing. So if you're primarily doing something like calisthenics, where it's a lot of body weight stuff, maybe just getting a pull-up bar and a suspension trainer is going to be enough for you. Now, if you're someone who's into more Olympic lifting, power lifting, stuff like that, maybe you're going to need to invest in a power rack, a barbell, and those sort of things. Um, So really think about what you need to do or what you like to do. Um, and then consider if anyone else is using it. So in my case, I'm the primary user of my home gym, but for some people, maybe they're sharing it with their significant other, uh, maybe a friend or two. Um, so think about that as well. Um, so if you've got a group of three people that's going to be using the home gym space at the same time, then is having one barbell enough? Um, Just things to think about. Um, I also, before I bought equipment, I like to think about the versatility of it. So I mentioned the uh, suspension trainer earlier, and that's something I really like because I can work my legs, I can work my back, my arms, my chest, uh, my core. You can work pretty much any muscle off of it, and you can make it 
a lot easier or a lot harder just through your body weight resistance. Um, I also like the landmine attachment I have on my power rack a lot. Um, I can do leg exercises from it, squats, lunges, RDLs. Um, I've used it for shoulder press, chest press. Um, I've seen it for core, biceps even. Um, there's a lot of different exercises you can do from adding this $30 piece of equipment on top of a barbell. And that's something that I really valued is getting a lot out of a little bit of equipment. Um, I've also bought some stuff off of Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, finding those used items every now and then. Um, and that's something, just kind of check your area and see what's available. Um, it's very hit and miss when you look at used fitness equipment. Um, I tend to avoid buying anything with cables and pulleys used because those cables and pulleys can wear out. Um, and in my in uh, my personal experience, I once had a home gym that I bought uh, from someone that was focused on the cables and pulleys and more like a cable machine setup. And some of those cables wore out. And the replacement cost for a very specific model and very specific cable is pretty high. Um, it was, I think it was gonna be 80 or $90 for one cable. Um, so I had to kind of DIY that a little bit. And I basically ended up, you know, ordering a spool of cable and cutting it to length and then adding the uh, crimps on both ends, which that's not a big deal if you have the experience and the tools to do it. However, if you're someone like I was at, you know, 17 years old who hasn't done a ton of that stuff, then it can be a little bit tedious um, and you really want to make sure you get everything right about it. As far as equipment goes, I mentioned that I've bought some equipment and um, I've actually built some of my equipment as well through DIY projects. I've been very fortunate to have a dad who is very into woodworking and handyman building stuff sort of thing. Um, so he's helped me different times with some of these projects, which has made it a lot easier. Um, I will say the one thing we always consider is safety. So if we're going to build something, uh, especially wooden things, we like to think about safety first. And I encourage you to do the same with any kind of DIY project you, you take on for fitness. Um, I'm going to link all of the um, websites I used for plans when I was building my uh, different equipment there. Um, and some of these things I've used still have, some of them have since retired, um, but please build at your own risk, use at your own risk. Um, I'm not responsible for, you know, if you don't build something correctly and it falls apart and you get hurt doing that, um, that one's not on me. Um, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so I built kettlebells 
Um, and you might have seen these plans before. Again, I'm going to link to all of these in the show notes and I'll try and take some pictures or see if I have some pictures of some of these things. Um, and essentially what you do for the kettlebells is you take a, a ball, like a basketball or a soccer ball or anything like that, and you literally cut a hole in the top of it. Um, and that's the first step. Um, and second step is to get a piece of piping. Um, we used a real thick, like silvery plastic piping. I'm not really sure what kind it is. Um, again, the link will kind of explain all this a little bit better than I will, but we ended up grilling it. You have to heat it up so it's bendable and uh, movable. And we um, moved it into the shape of a kettlebell handle, so kind of like a U shape overall. Um, and then we um, let it cool so it could harden and uh, form that shape for good. And we then went back to our ball that we had punctured a hole in across the top. And we mixed a bag of quick dry cement. I think it was like three or four dollars at the local hardware store for like a 80 pound bag. Um, so we mixed that up and put that into the ball. So we filled it. And we made sure that the base was flat as we were putting the uh, cement in. And we just continued to fill it until the ball was um, relatively full. Um, if you're really looking to get a specific weight from your kettlebell, then what I would do is get a bathroom scale. Uh, put a rag or an old towel or something like that on top of it. And just monitor the weight as you're filling it with cement, so you can stop when you hit to when you hit the uh, certain weight. And um, then you're going to put your hardened handle into the wet cement, and you're going to do your best to kind of close up the top of the ball, so it's going to um, kind of ingrain as part of the wet cement. And um, when that all hardens up you should have a plastic handle stuck in a ball of cement, um, which sealed up the opening you put in the ball in the first place. And um, you can now use that as a kettlebell. Um, some modifications I added to the um, plan that I have linked in the notes. Um, I added a tennis racket wrap around the plastic handle and that's just for better grip and just to kind of save my hands a little bit um, and I also for aesthetic reasons used a couple cans of Plasta Dip. It's like a sprayable plastic type stuff almost like spray paint. Um, I sprayed that along the outside um, to make it all uh, I used black, but you can use any color that you fancy. Um, and they've worked really well. Um, I've been using them for probably about five years now. And they've stood the test of time. And I've been very impressed and happy with them. Um, kettlebells are one of those things that are kind of expensive. Um, so if you can save money on them and build these correctly, then why not? Um, 
with that said, um, there's kind of like a, a ceiling to these. Um, the heaviest one I could build was 35 pounds. And that's just limited by, you know, how much cement can you cram into this ball? Um, so that was the first one. Um, I also built a step-up box or a plyometric box. Um, and this is another thing. I was amazed at the cost of these things um, for what they are. It's just a box um, and they can run you $100, $200. Um, so I linked to the plan for this one. Um, this one was a wooden box. Um, and I primarily use it for step ups or depth jumps. So jumping off of it. Um, if you're going to build something, uh, that you would jump onto, I would really look at something, um, wide up top. Uh, I would say at least an 18 by 24 inch landing platform at the minimum. Um, and those are just going off of recommendations I've received is part of a class on plyometrics. Um, and I would also uh, emphasize a soft landing platform. So whether that's, you know, you do some kind of upholstery work, add some kind of foam. Um, I'm not the expert at building plyometric boxes. Um, so again, check out the plan for more on that. Um, and again, please be mindful and be safe when you're building these things. Um, you know, these things like say your box falls apart on you. Um, that could be really, really bad. Um, so, you know, be extra careful building them, I guess I'll say like, you know, these are all wood project, uh, projects. So, don't just use the glue and assume it's going to hold. Put glue on it, add two or three screws or some nails, like add that extra reinforcement for your own safety. Um, and with that, for wooden projects, um, like I said, my dad was, he still is really into handyman type stuff, uh, woodworking. So we were fortunate enough to have a lot of um, the tools and equipment that we needed to build these on hand. Um, if you don't have those on hand, um, you know, power tools can get expensive in their own right. So kind of weigh that cost too. You know, I might save, you know, $70 by building the wooden plyometric box as opposed to buying one. But I also don't have a power saw or a screw gun and I would need to go and buy them you know, that might negate the cost benefit. Um, now, if you're someone who just really likes the DIY project and is really into those sort of things, then you might still opt for the DIY project. And that is perfectly okay. Um, I know for me personally, I find that I tend to get more satisfaction out of using the stuff that I've built myself than the stuff that I bought. Um, but that's just my personal uh, thing there. Um, I also built a calf raise block. And this is just a little thing, um, literally with the intention of exactly what it uh, sounds like just for doing calf raises. Um, it allows a good full range of motion. Um, and I just kind of built this um, kind of T-shaped platform, so to speak. Um, well, 
I guess H-shaped platform would be a better way to put it. Um, and I added a adhesive gripping kind of material on top of it. So if I decided to do barefoot calf raises that my feet wouldn't slip off and wouldn't be tortured by uh, the wood and the splinters and all that. And that was another thing I painted um, just for aesthetic reasons. Um, I also built a, it's called a slosh pipe. Um, and essentially this is a giant PVC pipe. Um, so mine was four inches in diameter, I believe, that you're going to cap at one end. And then you're going to fill about three quarters full with water and then cap the other end. And the reason you need that thickness is because water doesn't necessarily weigh a whole lot. And you're going to be using this as a barbell. Um, but what happens is since the pipe is uh, filled with water and water is very mobile, if you're doing an exercise and you're slightly favoring one side over the other or something, all the water is going to shift to that side. Um, so it really helped me identify imbalances I had and correct those imbalances in my training. Um, it's also a great tool for core workouts because, um, again, you really have to hold yourself stable when you're using this thing. Um, it's more of a training tool for those things than it is for overloading and your typical hypertrophy muscle building type stuff. Because, again, you can only put so much water in the pipe. It's only going to get so heavy. Um, so that's another one that I've really liked. Um, I built an outdoor pull-up bar. Like I said, I like to go outside for workouts if I can. And I built that primarily to avoid having to pull my power rack outside when it's nice out. Um, so this was one that I took... Um, I think there were a couple 10 foot boards, um, and I buried them about three, three and a half feet in the ground. Um, that way they weren't going anywhere. Um, and then I put a, uh, bar across the top of them. And before I knew it, I had a pull-up bar. Um, and it's nice to be able to get outside and exercise. Like I said, that's something I'm very big on. If I want to move my suspension trainer outside, I can attach that to the pull-up bar, um, which is another nice thing, very versatile. Um, speaking of suspension trainer, I have not built a suspension trainer However, I know that people have told me they've seen, you know, YouTube videos and articles on how to build your own suspension trainer. Um, so if you're concerned about that, you can look into that. That's not something I've done personally. So I'm not going to link to that just because that's not anything I have experience with. Um, I also built a cable machine. Um, then this was just a simple high-low pulley setup. Um, I took this down a couple of years ago because I have the adjustable cable columns set up now and didn't really need anything else. Um, this was just a couple um, hardware store pulleys and a uh, string of cable that I had um, running 
I um, attached the pulleys to the ceiling and ran the cable over the pulleys. And on the far end of the pulleys, I um, had a the cable wrapped around a uh, D-hook where I would clip weight plates to. Um, and on the other he- uh, end of the uh, cable was the um, little um, D-clip that you would add a um, weight cable attachment to, like a tricep rope or a lat pull-down bar or a D handle or anything like that. Um, those worked all right for a while. Um, but like I said, they just kind of were replaced by the adjustable height cable columns, um, which I've been really happy with. Um, so if you're looking at the cost of things and, you know, you'd really like to build your own cable column just for cost purposes, totally fine. I understand that. I've been there. Um, make sure you buy good pulleys, um, The ones I bought were not very good, and I think that was part of the reason I didn't use it as much as I had planned on it, just because it didn't work as well. Um, And the other thing I'll say is take care of it. So add WD-40 or some other type of lubricant to those pulleys and the cable periodically just to prevent friction and make sure everything's moving like it should. Um, I'm going to post a picture of a custom barbell storage rack we have on my wall. Um, that was something my dad designed. Um, and it was, you know, we have space for barbells, a hex bar. Um, we left space for, um, I was initially thinking about buying either a multi-grip barbell or a safety squat bar. Um, neither have happened but there's extra space on one part of the rack. Um, So if I did decide to buy one of them, we could store them. Um, So check the picture. That'll be in the show notes for more on that. Um, And last, this wasn't much of a DIY project, but it was free. Um, I love my tractor tire. This is a uh, probably 200, 250 pound uh, tractor tire, um, that I got from a local farmer, um, who explained to me that after they take the tire off the tractor, um, there's times when they can't put the tire back on, um, typically due to, you know, what caused them to take the tire off in the first place. Maybe it was a flat tire. Um, so they just kind of leave them laying around And they typically have to pay someone to come and get rid of them, take them away, um, that sort of thing. So they're just kind of sitting around. Um, So I took one off of his hands, um, power washed it because it was covered in um, a lot of interesting things, to say the least. Um, Power washed it a couple times. And ever since then, I've been using it for tire flips, um, tractor tire push-ups. I've wrapped a harness around it before and used it like a sled. Um, There's a lot of things you can use this for if you think outside the box. Um, And again, I didn't have to pay anything for it and it helped someone out locally. So I am a huge advocate for you um, getting your hands on some of them. 
Um, it's also a great way if you're looking to lift heavy but don't want to invest the money in weight plates, get a big tractor tire. Um, you can get them that weigh three, 350 pounds. And, you know, if you're flipping that thing over and over and over again, um, compare that to deadlifts, you know. Um, so on to stuff that I've bought. Um, I did buy the Power Rack. Um, the one I have is no longer produced. Otherwise, I would link to it. Um, but basically, shop around on these. Um, again, consider your room height. Um, how much ceiling space do you have? Um, how much total space do you have? Do you want a full rack or a half rack? Um, what kind of attachments are you looking for? So some of them have different types of pull-up bars. Some of them come with like a dip station. Some of them have a cable column built into them. Um, stuff like that. Um, I've seen a lot of DIY power racks. Um, if you do go that road, make sure it's safe. Make sure it's sturdy. Um, reinforce it. Um, this was one thing that I didn't go the DIY route for mainly because I was concerned about the safety with the wooden power rack. Um, when you think about wood, think about like a tree. Like when it breaks, it just falls apart. It snaps um, as opposed to a steel power rack. Um, steel, it's, it's not going to break. Um, you know, the steel power rack I have is rated to 800 pounds. And... I can assure you that I'm not going to be squatting or bench pressing 800 pounds, um, at least in the next five years, um, probably not ever. That's not really my focus, um, but just some things to consider when you're looking at a power rack. Um, price is going to vary largely based on what you need. If you need one of those heavy duty, um, higher rated um, power racks and you add all the attachments, bells and whistles to it, then it's going to cost a lot more than, you know, your stereotypical base model power rack. Um, so keep those things in mind. Um, I bought a bench. Um, mine does flat incline and decline. Um, I would say at least get one with a flat and incline option if you're going to buy a bench. Um, the decline, it's a nice option to have. I use it for the decline bench press, um, hip thrusts, stuff like that, but definitely not essential. I bought a few different barbells, hex bar, um, easy curl bar, different things like that. And I bought the, um, weight plates and these are specifically the grip plates, um, these came mostly from Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, they have the, uh, I think it's the Fitness Gear um, Olympic Weightlifting Bundle, I think it's called. Um, and you get a barbell rated to 300 pounds and about 255 pounds, I believe, of uh, these iron grip plates for it was about $200 when I was uh, purchasing these. Um, and 
I mean, as far as weight plates and price goes, that's a very good price. Um, like I said, I love the grip plates because then if you're going to use the plates for exercises like a uh, plate front shoulder raise, for example, you have a great uh, defined area to grab onto. Um, the barbell, um, in my experience, they bend easy. So I would not use that as your one rep max bar. I would consider buying a separate bar. Um, so in my case, I have a black oxide bar that's rated to a thousand pounds. Um, and I use that for my heavier lifting. So pretty much anything over 300 pounds, I'm using that bar. Um, and I will say I'm not being paid by Dick Sporting Goods to promote that. That's just what I use and what I find valuable. Um, and last I looked, it was a good deal. Um, the prices might have changed. Again, that's not um, anything I'm really up to date with right now because I haven't bought any new weight plates for some time. Um, I said uh, some of the different bars I have. Uh, the hex bar was definitely a great investment, uh, whether it be for deadlifts, um, jump squats, um, shrugs, uh, farmer walks, um, anything uh, um, like that. I love the hex bar. Um, great tool, safe. Um, they're usually not too expensive either. And because they're shorter than a uh, typical seven-foot barbell, they usually carry a pretty good weight rating on them. Um, I recently, I think it was about a year ago, I uh, bought my adjustable dumbbe dumbbells. Excuse me, and these are those Bowflex um, turn the dial type dumbbells. Um, and again, not being paid to promote this. Um, but from my experience, I find that they're more awkward to use than your typical, you know, fixed weight dumbbells. However, I do like having, you know, a full variety of dumbbells. If I want a 10 pound dumbbell, I just turn the knob and it's 10 pounds. If I want a 30 pound dumbbell, I just turn the knob and it's 30 pounds. Um, so I have basically a full rack in two dumbbells just sitting here at my, um, house and again, they're a little awkward to use, but cost difference, um, space difference, because they take up a lot less space than a full dumbbell rack would. Um, and I mean, they are effective. Um, so they are good in that sense. And I would probably recommend them and probably would buy them again. Um, I haven't tried the ones that go up to like 80 or 90 pounds. Um, so I can't speak to them. Um, I hopefully will give them a try, um, get my hands on them at some point. And when I do, I'll let you know how that goes. Um, I talked a little bit about resistance bands and the suspension trainer already. Um, I highly recommend getting them just even if you're not um, looking at expanding into the free weight section, the power rack, all that sort of thing. Um, these are just great tools to have that open up a lot of variety to your workouts. Um, with the bands, you can do a lot of different things. Banded curls, tricep work, 
band lat pull downs, band face pulls. Um, you could add resistance to your squats, your uh, lunges, hip thrusts, all that sort of thing. Um, so I really like the bands and same thing with the suspension trainer. You can use your own body weight to overload um, through different exercises. Um, and a lot of people tell me, you know, the uh, suspension trainer is too easy or, you know, I can't make it hard enough. Um, so to the people that think that, I'd like to challenge you to do a TRX or suspension trainer fly exercise with a three to five second eccentric. Um, that lights up my chest more than heavy barbell bench press or any dumbbell exercise I've ever done. Um, it's very challenging and I've just seen great results from using my suspension trainer. And the bands and the suspension trainer combined might run you 60 or $70. And that opens up a probably a couple hundred anyways, new exercises that you can do. Um, so definitely look into those. And lastly, I want to talk about how to get creative with your home gym and how to make the most out of what you have. So I think I mentioned in the intro about kind of giving your gym a personality. Um, so for me, my personality as far as fitness goes is I like a hardcore workout, me versus, you know, whatever I've lined up for the day. I don't like to have people around me. I don't like people constantly, you know, distracting me. I like to focus, zone in, and get after it. Um, so I kind of, some people say, like, you know, you take yourself to that place mentally and just go hard. Um, so that's kind of how I... Um, do my workouts. And I think my gym is kind of matching that. You know, I, if I need to, I can shut the garage door, I can lock everything up. And it's just me. Um, it's just me and the weights and everything I have in here. And I just kind of send it. Um, now, I said, you know, I like the outside workouts. And that's largely because I like to work out in the heat. Um, I mean, when you compare warm workout versus really cold workout, I think most people would choose the warm workout. Um, but I like being outside, in the sun, that sort of thing. Um, so if I need, I can just put the garage door up, move stuff outside, and good to go. So just some things to consider there um, as far as your gym personality, as I like to call it. Um, as far as the equipment goes, though, really think outside the box. Um, this is not what a suspension trainer is meant for. And again, really think safety before you do this. I'm not responsible for anything that might go wrong when you do this, but I use my suspension trainer as a jammer press from my power rack. So I loop it around the pull-up bar and tie it off. And then I wedge a barbell through the loops that have formed and I add resistance bands and then use it as a jammer press bar off my power rack. Um, again, think safety, 
Um, it's not what the suspension trainer was used for. And do that at your own risk. I'm not responsible. Um, additionally, my power rack has a brace bar in the back of it. Um, just to kind of help hold everything together. And it ended up being the perfect height for me to wedge my feet under. And I use that for Nordic hamstring curls. Um, so I've seen some people buy this separate elaborate setup just to do Nordic hamstring curls. And I'm able to do them with the power rack. Um, so if that's an exercise you like to do, that's just an example there. Um, I mentioned earlier that I used the tractor tire for weighted push-ups. Um, I mean, how else are you going to load to 250 pounds on your back for push-ups. Um, it's just quick and easy. Um, as far as the cable columns go, I like to do cable belt squats, um, load them up and do belt squats. Um, you might have seen them on my Instagram feed a few times. Um, I also like to um, use battle ropes. That was another thing I forgot to mention earlier. Um, I have a set of battle ropes and I like to just use them for different things, whether it be the conditioning aspect like they're meant for or throwing them in with core work. So doing like a hollow body hold and then using the ropes to do a Russian twist from that um, really lights up the core, really challenging exercise there. Um, and I would encourage you to not look at things like barbell exercise or dumbbell exercise. Don't think like, oh, this is a barbell curl. Think, okay, this is a curl. What can I change about it? Maybe I'm going to use the barbell and I'm going to add a band to it for band resistance, uh, for example. So really think outside the box with your exercises and you'll open up a whole new world um, as far as your home gym and fitness life is concerned. Um, and with that, that's going to conclude our podcast episode for today, all about home gyms. Um, so if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email or a DM on Instagram. Give us a follow at Braun Body. Um, if you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it or just shoot me a DM or an email again. And let me know. Give me your thoughts. I'd love to hear your feedback. 